Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. Today we're going to be discussing Tonikawa Over the Moon for You, but before we get into that, how are you doing today, Brad? First things first, happy Valentine's Day hey. for the day that this thing goes out. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Valentine's Day. Do you do anything for Valentine's Day? Is it something you celebrate? Uh, I'm single, so no, <laughs> I will not be celebrating Valentine's Day this year. I might go treat myself mm -hmm. and go get myself some chocolate, but I'm going to do it the day after, so chocolate is half price, because fuck getting stuff before Valentine's Day. <laughs> Everything that's like sweets and flowers and like fucking stuffed animals and yeah. shit, like double or triple in price. Mm -hmm. Like I went into the grocery store this evening to get myself some drinks to get ready for next week. And I saw a dozen roses, which typically you can get for like 10 or 12 bucks was $25. Oof. Like, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not celebrating Valentine's day this year, but is how do y'all do it in Canada? Is it even something that's celebrated from like a couple's perspective or? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, Pretty similar to how Americans do it. I know that in, like, elementary school, you give out, like, cards to your classmates and stuff. But mm. because when I came to Canada, I was already in middle school, I skipped that. It's not really something you do in the UK, as far as I'm, like, aware. But obviously, I've never lived in the UK as an adult. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where it's pretty hallmarky. Only certain couples do it. I don't feel like there's a lot of, like, you know big hullabaloo around it mm -hmm. i don't know it's kind of uh pretty chill but then like my family just doesn't do valentine's day at all so it might just mm -hmm. be that i'm not exposed to it personally but like it's more commonplace elsewhere i don't know maybe i don't know although i will say i'm a big fan of like how the japanese anime style version of valentine's day works yeah because then like at least from a male perspective we don't have to, like, guess if someone has feelings. It's like if we get chocolate, it's like, yada. Yeah. We know. We just have to reciprocate it a month later. Funnily enough, that, that takes me back to my first year of high school. I completely forgotten that we did this. But yeah, in high school, they had, um, on Valentine's Day, there was a, like, a school-wide, I don't know, like, game, I guess, where um, the girls were not allowed to talk to the boys for the day. And we were given like a heart, like a paper heart in the morning where we wrote our name on it. And um, if the girls spoke to, like if one of the guys got you to speak to them throughout the day, then you would give them your heart. And at the end of the day, they could go to one of the classrooms and pick up a piece of candy. And if you kept your heart, then you got to go and pick up a piece of candy at the end of the day. And then on St. Patrick's Day, they did the reverse. So the guys um, got like a shamrock and uh, they weren't allowed to speak to us and we had to try and get them to talk. That's cheeky, but also cool as shit at the same time. Like, I wish we had some sort of tradition like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgotten that we had done that. Well, hey, you're welcome. Memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lost. <laughs> I lost my heart. I think it was to a guy called, I'm pretty sure it was either to a guy called Kyle or to a guy called Austin. Hello, either of you. If you're listening, I doubt you are. Um, but they were in my <laughs> friend group and they are two 
two of the funniest guys that I went to high school with. They were so funny and they like hit my sense of humor a lot. So it didn't take mm-hmm. him very long to just get me in the giggles. And yeah, I lost it real quick. I, I could see that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun time. I remember that. I completely forgot about it. There were obviously that group of kids that were like, we're too cool for this. Meh. But mm-hmm. I was a drama theater kid. So it was right up our, our lane. Oh, one. I could definitely see it then. Like, that just sounds something that would be right up your alley. But also, I would enjoy the shit out of that, too. Yeah, it was great fun. <laughs> so, shall we Shall we get into the news? Because I have, I have quite a little bit to talk about this week. Yeah, let's jump into the news. So, Demon Slayer news to start out, but not Demon Slayer news that you're expecting. Oh. Demon Slayer is getting a game. Mmm. On what platform? Do we know? Cross multi All of them. All of them. Yes. Multi-platform. Ooh. So it's going to be on last gen for the PS4, Xbox One. So therefore it's going to be on the current gen of the PlayStation 5 and the Series X. But also it's going to be available on PC through Steam and Nintendo Switch. Do we have a intended release date? Uh, If it was, I didn't find it. Mm, mysterious release date. Yes, I think it's rumored for this year or early next year, but I'm not 100% certain. That's pretty quick. But I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I watched the trailer for it, and it looks slick. Because they very much stick true to the sword skill animation. Oh, cool. Yeah. Or the breathing techniques. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Nice. So I'm very happy with it. I'm looking forward to it. I will probably play and stream the shit out of it. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, no, that'd be great. Super the- cool. Yeah. We've also had a lot of people around us finish up Demon Slayer in the past few days, so that makes me happy. Yeah, it's so good. I like it is that so good. Other people are like getting. I mean, it's obviously so huge, but like I mean, mm-hmm. like other people are enjoying it as much as we enjoyed it because then mm-hmm. it's kind of like you get to live vicariously through them and watch it all over again for the first time. You know. Oh, yeah, because Tree just finished it, Janessa just finished it. Janessa mm-hmm. and I had, like, an hour-long conversation about how much the dub is atrocious and how awesome the sub is and mm-hmm. how people that don't enjoy it are the ones that watched it <laughs> dubbed. I've been thinking about Janessa all day because I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and me and her, mm-hmm. we she's, like, the only person I can talk to about RuPaul's Drag Race, and uh, we go off on tangents about it. And so I've been catching up on some of the All-Stars seasons that I missed, and, mm-hmm. um, and I, yeah, I've been thinking about her all day, so <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> that is funny. But next piece of news. So Funimation is facing a class action lawsuit for allegedly violating the Americans with Disability Act. Oh. So an individual who is legally blind has claimed that their shop website is inaccessible for anyone who has vision issues. Oh. So I'm not... You know, I'm not 100% certain how actually bad that it is. Hmm. Yeah, because it's one of those things that I know, like, a lot of um, modern websites don't necessarily have, like, the ability to do that for themselves, but they have, like, they work in conjunction with other sites or other apps or something that helps, like, like sight reading apps and stuff, so they'll, like, read words out loud and stuff. But if the Funimation website just isn't set up for those to be, like, compatible with those apps... That's mm-hmm. really not good. I know, because I have it pulled up on my phone right now looking at the mobile version. The mobile version, at least from like a Zoom capability, seems like it's fine. Mm-hmm. 
But I'll have to look at the PC version later to be able to pass a judgment on that because this is the first time I've been on my PC in like a week. Otherwise, I would have paid attention to this. But I just I find that interesting. Yeah, I know that it has been a huge issue specifically in online shopping for clothing for a lot of people. And I think that um, especially within the past like year and a half of COVID being a thing, I think it's become even more important that online platforms are accessible to everybody because, of Mm -hmm. course, the majority of the world right now is turning to online shopping to be able to get their necessities. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and I know, like, I mean, you just go on, like, I don't know, like, normal fashion sites and they'll have, like, a pink t-shirt and it'll just be called kitten tea and it's like okay great that doesn't explain anything about the product and then you go to Mm -hmm. the description of it and it's just like doesn't have any details on it so even if you do have like an app or something that can tell you like read out the words out loud as to what it describes it still doesn't actually describe the garment because they've used all of this like fancy wording to like make it sound you know, like increase the marketing levels or whatever, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. actually just basically describe the product, you know? It's one of those things to where I definitely think for stuff like that, especially clothing, there should be a description of the design Mm -hmm. and then also a list of the components, because that's one thing that I really love about Cloak is that they actually break down the material that's in it. Yeah. And I think a lot of places should do that like down the down to the percentage just so you kind of have an idea of what's going into it so you can kind of figure out if it's made for you I guess mm-hmm. yeah well I know I know personally I know a lot of people that um try and get things that are the majority of what's made up of that of what makes up the garment is you know natural materials mm-hmm. and you know not everyone if they have the ability to, wants to get a 100% polyester t-shirt, if they could get a 100% cotton t-shirt, right? And mm-hmm. so those kinds of things are more, like, spoken about than other things. But yeah, it really does bug me when I go on websites and I see, like, something, a product that just isn't described at all in its basic, like, fundamentals. Like, it should, your fundamentals mm-hmm. should be described. If you want to have your fancy description as well, that's fine. You can have your fancy description, but just put, like, an info tab, like, product info, and then just have, like, mm-hmm. basics, what it's made of, the exact color that it is, what, you know, shape it's cut as, you know, like, sizing, Oh, no, I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. I can, that makes total sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I can see why that would be incredibly frustrating to someone who is visually impaired to go online and and not be able to to do what, like, everyone else can do. Mm -hmm. And especially in a market like anime, to where I'm sure trying to watch anime, especially for Funimation, with it being a dub site so that that way english-speaking people who don't have the ability to sit down and watch something sub so that's with it being dubbed that's the only way that they can actually enjoy the product yeah i'm sure that would be incredibly frustrating for them as well considering if they want to buy merchandise to support something that they love but they're not able to see it i could see that being an issue Super frustrating. do you know if it's just the um <clears throat> merch site that the the lawsuit is over or is it to do with- it was 
specifically the Funimation shop sites. I don't know if it was including everything else as a whole, but the news article specifically mentioned yeah. the shop site. Yeah, just because I, I, I mean, obviously it's not something that I go to look for, but I haven't seen, like in a really obvious way, either Crunchyroll mm-hmm. or Funimation have, um, what is it, descriptive video? Is that what it's called? Descriptive? I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with the... Uh, but like, I don't even know where you would go to on the site to turn that on. Um, I'm not sure either. I have no clue. I don't know. I I don't even know if they have that on the site. They may not. Do, I don't even know if Netflix does. This is bringing up a whole new set of questions for me now to be like, because they should do right. TV, most TV mm-hmm. does, right? Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. So. Yeah. Food Wars is in the news twice this oh. week. Okay. What about? So, surprisingly, you and I both know how popular the fifth season of Food Wars got, correct? Mm-hmm. So, Toonami, the channel that or the network that airs anime, mm-hmm. is just now going to be airing the third season. Oh. So, it is set to premiere the third plate on February 27th at 1 a.m. EST. That's so, behind. So, you know, 11 o'clock for you. Yeah. But it's... Really, it's not, because that's typically when Toonami runs, whenever it runs the, like, later anime shows, Mm -hmm. especially the more popular ones, but then again, the people that are going to be watching shonens like that are probably older and can actually stand to be up that late. Yeah, I don't think that people under the age of 16 should be watching Food Wars. No, Food Wars, Demon Slayer, stuff like that, it's not, it's not kid-friendly. Yeah, yeah, here on B&B Anime, we give them 16 A's, please, minimum. Yeah, mo- most of the stuff that we cover are pretty much 16A. Yeah. But then again, I think most anime are 16A, except for very few exceptions. I think that, um, like, North America, the Western world in general, is, like, slowly becoming more aware of the fact, especially the older generations, are slowly becoming more of the aware-, aware of the fact that anime and cartoons are not synonymous. No, definitely, definitely not. And I think with the, it's been helped a lot with things like Bob's Burger and Family Guy and South Park and things that have been around for a while, but like the more of those adult cartoons that come out in kind of our world, the more mm-hmm. that anime is going to be seen as an adult entertainment platform. Obviously, there are animes that are meant for younger audiences, but I, it, the amount of times that I've seen, like, kids in, like, the mall walking around with Full Metal Alchemist t-shirts on, and they're, like, seven years old. And I'm like, you, I, uh. Of all the things for you to be wearing, no. Little like, girl and dog, no. that's all I have to say. There's a, that's the reason why seven-year-olds should not be wearing that t-shirt, right there. And that's, that's not even the beginning. No. Of where there's so much yeah, from beginning to end of Full Metal Alchemist that kids should not, not be exposed to. Not be exposed to. to, no. But like, yeah. But I mean, you do. You just see it because parents, I mean, it's kind of like video games were about 10 years ago, you know, or like mm-hmm. growing up for me and you, I like my friends and I were playing games that were definitely not made for us. Because no, our parents didn't not. know about the content of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was 
I think you and I have had the discussion for, I think the reason that I had night terrors growing up was because I played horror games at five and six years old. Yeah, I remember being like in England, so under the age of 10, watching my brother playing Diablo. (laughs) Like, we, there, there's a lot of like stuff that it just, it was so, such a foreign world. And mm-hmm. technology was developing so fast that the older generations just didn't, they couldn't fathom what, mm-hmm. like, we were experiencing then. And now I feel like there has been a couple of years of that of anime, and I'm hoping that that is changing. And, you know, the more the more anime becomes more mainstream, the more regulations are going to be put in place, not by, like, companies but by like society by parents by people that are going to be able to be like okay let's steer young minds away from this area and put them into still watching anime obviously still want kids to watch anime but like not finding them more appropriate content for their age yeah exactly because like sailor moon dragon ball z i i could see that being fine to let a kid watch because it's not too overly like barbaric i no. guess maybe dragon ball z more than sailor moon but still i don't that's something i feel like i could let my own children watch if i had them yeah. and not have any issues with it but attack on titan full metal alchemist stuff like that hell no food wars hell no yeah i mean even some more like modern ones i mean Kaon, fantastic for like preteens. oh yeah and a lot of music anime is fantastic for stuff like that yeah Maybe not something like Kids on a Slope or You Lie in April, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that could you can kind of slowly start introducing them to and letting them get a feel for it. Even things like um, Dr. Stern right now, from how much I've seen mm-hmm. of it, they, it's nothing too graphic. I mean, some of the content might go over the over some kids' heads, depending on how advanced they are and and, you know, how young they are that you're showing it to them. But, like, Dr. Stone, I don't think is has anything that's really bad in it so far. No. Speaking of Dr. Stone, have you watched more? I have watched up to the third episode. Up to so and including watched the one third more. episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, was about, I was about to say, excuse me? <laughs> I've watched two more. <laughs> so, are you enjoying yourself? I'm really enjoying it. I was going to watch the fourth episode, but then I panicked and it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to watch today's episode, but I, I didn't have time. I was going to watch it while I was trying to build the fire before we recorded this and i was like fuck i'm not gonna be able to focus damn it yeah yeah no i watched uh i so yeah i know i don't know it's really good i'm really really enjoying it um i am so glad that some of those characters i don't want to spoil anything so i'm gonna word this in kind of a way that like nobody is gonna figure it out unless you know um but some of the characters that i personally fell in love with from the first season are like reintegrating agreed agreed because they yeah i'm very glad to see them being brought back in and starting to play a little bit more of a pivotal role but also the role that they're actually playing in the season in general it's nice to be able to see all of that yeah yeah and i'm really interested in how this whole strategy is going to progress and Mm -hmm. um how our villains are going to react and respond so, was it episode four or five that dropped this week? It was episode five that dropped this week, I think. So, I think you'll be pleased with episode four. Mm-hmm. 
because what you just talked about starts to develop a little bit more. Mm, interesting. But also the shit that got made in episode four is so cool. Oh, I saw there was a YouTube video of a guy who was making the cola from the first season. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it, but like somebody actually recreated the drink and I'm like, it makes me want to do it. You'll have to you'll have to send that to me because I'm curious to watch it as well. Yeah. But speaking of Dr. Stone, Dr. Stone was in the news this week as well. Really? Was it? Funimation is going to begin streaming the dub on February 11th. So actually, they began streaming that yesterday at time of recording. That's the first season, right? No, nope, second season. season. Wow, okay. Yeah, Stone Wars. They got on it quick. Mm-hmm. They, I think they got on this quicker than they did the first season, actually. Yeah. Well, then, the first season was such a huge success, I think they would be kind of stupid to not jump on it right away. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming by the time a third season comes out, they'll be doing it week to week, like on top of it, like they're doing with My Hero Academia as it comes out. Yeah, definitely. Because My Hero Academia is being dubbed same day now. Yeah. Whereas, I think season three, it was done on like a two or three day delay. Mm-hmm. So they've definitely caught up to current whenever it comes to really popular stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, one last piece of news. Food Wars, the fourth plate. Crunchyroll's actually going to be getting the dub for that instead of Hulu. Oh, so they're all over the place. A little bit, because Hulu had the first two seasons. I'm assuming they have the third mm-hmm. as well. And so Crunchyroll's going to be getting the fourth. So I'm curious if they're going to backlog the other three, if that's how that's going to go, or if Hulu is just going to hold on to them. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I saw that Haikyuu was on Canadian Netflix the other day, and I was like, oh, hello. Haikyuu seasons one and two are on American Netflix, Mm -hmm. at least, and that's all they have, subbed and dubbed. So if you want to watch season three dubbed, good luck. Yeah. Actually, High Dive has it, just for, you know, future reference, but that's having to pay for a whole other service, (laughs) except they have a free trial, so, you know, wink. But that's it. That's it for news. Although, I do have one thing I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. ReZero, man. How's it going? We finally got the OP this week for the first time in the whole second core, and I cried. The visuals are so stunning, and it just continues to just absolutely impress. And one thing I will say is that it's not something you see in a lot of anime, but just if you're watching it week to week like I am, go focus on the eyes because they tell an entire story on their own. It's so good. I'm enjoying myself so much. I cannot wait for us to cover it the second week in April. I'm just I'm just having an absolute ball. Mm-hmm. So good. good. The story is just progressing nicely. I like the game that's being played. It's just, it's lovely. It's so lovely. But yeah, I had to talk about the OP because it's so good. Yeah, I'm glad. Good. It's what we like to hear. Yeah, but that's it. That's all I want to talk about. I just had to get that off my chest. Is that all the news? That is all the news. All of the news. <laughs> so shall we shall we get into Tony Kawa before we get sidetracked even more? Honestly, yeah, I'm excited to jump right into it this week. I have definitely cringed my butt off watching this, but there are also some really cute moments. So I was gonna say there's there is definitely some cringe, mm-hmm. but that I think there's a lot more heartwarming cringe in this than there was actual cringe. Yeah, it's it's that kind of, like, sweet cringe as opposed to humiliation cringe, if that makes sense. hmm Like, so it's not like, you know those videos of people, like, proposing in public and then getting denied and it's really yes. mm-hmm. uncomfortable? That is, honestly, that could be a night terror for me. <laughs> like, that's such... Agreed, yeah. That could also be a night terror for me as well. Yeah. So I feel you on that 100%. 
So that's like my level of most extreme extreme cringe to ever happen, ever. And mm-hmm. then there's like, oh, I said the wrong thing in front of my crush and uh, now I'm embarrassed, but they laughed it off and thought it was cute or whatever. So I'm embarrassed and it's kind of cringe, but like it turned out well in the end. Mm-hmm. And Tonikawa, majority of the time, falls very close to that end with every now and again just a hint spike it up towards the um rejected marriage proposal vibe but it's very like quick and usually has like a very sweet follow-up mm-hmm. yeah yeah vast majority of it is like uh i just said something that now has made me look a little bit stupid mm-hmm. and it's pointed out too because a lot of that isn't actually meant to be said yeah and so it just turns into those just accidental, awkward, but also typically sweet moments. I don't know. The show just gushed. Like, I just kind of gushed over it. There was a quote where it's like, your inner monologue is leaking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like one of the later episodes. I want to say like episodes 9, 10, 11, or 12, somewhere around in there. Honestly, I, I want that printed on a t-shirt. Because it's so good. Your inner monologue is leaking. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Such a good quote. Oh, I can I can agree with mm-hmm. that for sure. It was, I mean, I just really enjoyed myself this week. I watched it week to week up until I think episode eight is when I fell off. Mm-hmm. And so I was glad to actually be able to sit back down and kind of watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Although I think I definitely cringed a bit more this time than I did the first time. Yeah. Yeah, there are some, there are some moments. <laughs> Yeah, just just a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, I just hope you don't hate me that much this week. There were a couple of times when I was like, oh my god, Brad, what are you getting me to watch? <laughs> but, but, like, I do definitely appreciate it for the genre that it is. It's definitely not my genre of preference, mm-hmm. but, I like, it's, it's a very, like, comfortable watch. I don't think that you could, like, uh, it's it's one of those things that if you sat down with a group of friends, you would all, like laugh in the fact that you're all cringing together mm-hmm. or if you watched it for a date night or something it i like it would just be really cute and sweet and that's kind of how it remains throughout the entirety of the season and it's that really like young bashful naive kind of romance that gives it a pass mm-hmm. i feel i feel like if it was two people that were like older or more experienced or whatever it would be much more cringe but i think Mm -hmm. because it's them kind of stumbling through their own experimentation it gives it much more of like a oh okay they're just kids it's cute even though they're not Mm -hmm. much younger than us yeah they're well i mean not that much younger for you i i looked at them as children (laughs) (laughs) which anyone that's younger than you i look at as a child (laughs) Or essentially, if you're not 21 years old to where you can buy cigarettes or beer, you are a child to me. <laughs> I forget that your your age limit is 21 in America. Yeah. And it's also, I'm 25. Mm-hmm. So if you're under that age, I'm just like, oh, you, you need to get on the bus to go to school. <laughs> you need help with your homework. Yeah. Just head pat. <laughs> yeah. So, Tony Kawa, manga, mm-hmm. written by... Kinjiro Hata. It was produced in the weekly Shonen Sunday. So it's a Shonen shock. Hmm. But like genuine shock, not like Food Wars or Dr. Stone levels of shock. Yeah, that's kind of really cute. 
It is cute. Honestly, it makes me want to read the manga to see if it's a little bit more stylized. However, fun fact, while we're on the topic of the manga, it started its publication on February 14th, adorable, of 2018, to running to the present day, and there is a total of 14 volumes. Ooh, that's a lot of content there. However, there's only three that have been translated and is available by, by Viz, because Viz is the one who's doing the English publishing. Oh, okay. So the English version is behind. We only have enough for maybe season one. So do you think that it just didn't get a lot of coverage for those first, like in, in the English, like people didn't read it a lot. And so they kind of are putting it more on the back burner and they'll get to it eventually or. Well, they started releasing it with the anime. Oh, so they were just behind. Mm hmm. Okay. So maybe because they've already got three volumes out and I only noticed the volumes start to come out whenever the anime released. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling it'll get caught up relatively quickly. Yeah. But also looking at the time frame on that and the number of chapters that would be involved in that, I'd say a new chapter of this comes out like every week or two. I was going to say because the show hasn't been out for very long. No, the show came out in fall of last year. Mm -hmm. So. It hasn't been out for long, so I have a feeling the English version will get caught up and it's just going to keep just having volumes chucked out mm -hmm. because it's only been running for three years as of the release of this episode. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a hell of a lot of volumes in such a short period of time because it's still going. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to read it, but also that's just more for myself because I fucking love this anime. <laughs> yeah, it is right up your it's alley. It's just so... It is right up my alley, but it's so strange because I was, again, while Janessa and I were having our hour-long conversation of shit about anime, she asked me what my least favorite genre of anime was, and I had to legitimately stop and think about it. Mm -hmm. Because I don't, I don't think I really have, like, a least favorite. If I had to put a, like, finger to it, it would probably be sports, but that's because that's... <sighs> the genre that i'm least exposed to yeah. it's not that i don't like the genre it's just my least favorite because it's my least amount of exposure mm -hmm. but then i thought about it and i was like can i really say sports after haikyuu like weaseled its way into like my top 15 or 20 anime <laughs> of all time yeah like can i say that with a clear conscience i don't know i feel like for both of us we are very much of the opinion of we don't dislike any genre so long as the content is good Mm -hmm. because you and i are both like set in our ways of things that we look for out of what we watch yeah but good content is good content yeah it's like i feel the same way about music i know that people are like really hardcore on certain genres of music like country for example people either love it mm -hmm. or they hate it and they'll be like yeah i will never ever ever listen to country it is the worst genre of music or they're like i only listen to country music you know I feel like I'm being attacked, but anyway. <laughs> well, I just feel like it's it's a very polarizing genre of music. Oh, it is. It's like that or Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback comes from Alberta. Did you know that? I did. I did know that. Yeah, right up the road from where I am. <laughs> like, not too far away. I really want to... I really want to go see Nickelback in concert because contrary to popular belief, although I do listen to country, so you, you best watch yourself. Anyway, I'm a big Nickelback fan. Every time I think of Nickelback, I just think of that stupid meme of, look at this graph. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all that comes into my brain. Agreed. I can 100% I can see that. Mm. But that's also, like, probably their biggest song. Yeah. 
But it's also one that I can't stand anymore because it's so overplayed and so overly talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't. Mm-hmm. I can see a lot of people's problem with it because some of the earlier stuff was very generic, but they've gotten a lot better with some of their recent stuff. Yeah, I feel like they did kind of pave the way for a lot of modern music. I feel like they inspired a lot of artists. Same with mm-hmm. like bands like Green Day. I know as well that... At the time, they were really inspirational. So even if they were like really polarizing to a lot of people, they definitely influenced music from artists that are coming out now. And you can hear those influences and it's like they picked the best bits of those bands and have created really cool new music because of them that's less polarizing because it's it's innovative. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think that's really cool that even though necessarily people don't like them, they have kind of established a sort of precedent in the music industry. Anyway, my point was <laughs> that country music is really polarizing and I feel like I'm one of those people that like is an one way or the other with country music. Like, I'll like some country mm-hmm. songs and I won't like others. And some of them, like, I'll, if somebody's like, oh, let's put on some country music, I'm not going to be like, ah, no, my ears are bleeding. But I'm also not going to be like, <laughs> let's listen to country music, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like I'm the same way when it comes to anime genres, is that, yeah, I have a preference to certain anime genres, sports animes, but I'm not going to flat out say, no, I will never watch an anime of one specific genre. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I are both alike in that fact, because you and I have never sat down and scheduled something for this podcast and been like, no, absolutely not. I refuse. Well, there was one, but we're not going to talk about it. But (laughs) (laughs) We tried it. We did. We legitimately tried it. Yeah. But it's one of those things to where we really just haven't had anything to where you and I just looked at one another and be like, no, because we're always willing to give something a try Mm -hmm. but also just depends on what we're covering because we typically choose something that either one or both of us have seen already Mm -hmm. except for there's some stuff that we just kind of take a leap of faith on but hey can't can't knock out the random picks because tonica is great and i still enjoy showing it to people yeah yeah honestly sometimes the random picks are the best picks i feel like everybody out there has that one anime that they were just like eh, i'll put it on and see what happens and they've never really heard of it before and they just click play and it turns out to be so good and they enjoy it so much so actually you know what let us know what your random pick anime is the one that you just like were scrolling through and you're like yeah i'll give it a shot and you press play and now it's one of your favorites or there are some parts of it that you think are amazing or you recommended it to all of your friends like what is that anime for you that you just discovered and is kind of like, is your little like baby now because you were the one in your friend group to discover it and you get to share it. And so you get to like sit on the edge of your seat while all of your friends watch it and be like, I know, right? I know, right? It's good, isn't it? Right? <laughs> That's how I feel about Dr. Stone and Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I absolutely love just introducing people to stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or I was interacting with one of the other podcasts that we follow on the Instagram and we were talking about your name Mm -hmm. and how that's something that you could show literally anyone and just get them hooked on what anime is just because the visuals and the story and everything else that go along with it could just suck someone in. Yeah, I feel like if if you're a movie watcher, then that is a movie that you should definitely add onto your list. Agreed. So shall we sway back on the topic? (laughs) Yeah, another tangent. It's okay. That's what that's what we're known for. We tangent more than we actually talk about what the hell we're supposed to talk about. Yeah, true. 
I love it so much. Anyway, so as you can tell, because we're covering it, the show is an anime. Who would have thought? Whoa. So, with it being an anime, it was made by a studio. It was made by Seven Arcs. Now, for those that have forgot, Seven Arcs did Arte. Oh, so we recently just covered them. Yeah, we did. Whenever I was looking through the Wikipedia to get the info, I was like, Seven Arcs. Wait, that's purple. Why is it purple? And then I click on it and I was like, oh yeah, Arte, that's why it's purple. Mm. That explains everything. So, it was directed by Hiroshi Ikehada, and they have been part of things like Kill a Kill, mm-hmm. Occupus Trip, mm-hmm. and shockingly, something else that I just completely forgotten about. They've directed something else that we've watched. Can you take a guess? No clue. Big Wind Up. Ah, uh, I should know that. They did the first season of Big Wind Up. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, from your perspective, do you see any animation ties to either Arte or Big Wind Up? No. For the sole fact of, maybe with the eyes a little bit, I can kind of see shades of big wind-up maybe mm-hmm. but as far as art fuck i can speak as far as art styles between arte and this no very different because yeah. the the director didn't work on arte no, and i think the, the director studio. has the most yeah so i think and they also came out at relatively the same time because they both came out in 2020 mm-hmm. so i'm assuming it would be two different teams working on it if i had to take a guess but as we've seen, the director has the most influence on the style of how the show's actually going to come out. Yeah, you can just take a look at Haikyuu Season 4 for that. Mm-hmm. Because the director was in the art department for Studio Chibli, so therefore they're going to have a lot more of a Studio Chibli-esque style. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why you can see just little bits of influence of Big Windup in it. But Big Windup came out in 03 if I remember correctly. Yes, there's a lot of um, developmental changes and just natural progression. Yeah, and they've been directing for 17 years past that mm-hmm. at time of the anime coming out, so they would have developed and fine-tuned their style a little bit more. And honestly, I like the animation style mm-hmm. for this. Like, it was quirky in its own way, but especially with, like, the funny chibi animations and everything else, and also just the animations of the houses exploding, <laughs> whatever they yelled, I loved it. It was just so unique, and it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 12 episodes plus an OVA of flashbacks came out in fall mm-hmm. of last year. That's it. Saw the background. Yeah. We're, we're good. Yeah. And it just finished up in December, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, with that being the background, I guess I will get into an overview before I tell you to put on those spoiler chicken hats and we jump right into it. So, overview is, it is about, um, a young boy named Nasa who, um, gets hit by a bus (laughs) and during this accident, this all happens very early on in the first episode, so it's definitely not a spoiler, uh, he meets this girl who, like, saves his life and... And he's like, oh, I want to see you again. I don't want this to be, like, our only interaction. And she says, uh, if you want to see me again, and then you have to marry me. So then it is their life progression and developing their relationship and um, time passing and, um, like, all of these other circumstances that are just, like, them figuring out who they are as teenagers doing this crazy thing. And, uh, and yeah, their interactions with their small little community and their little family unit. I shouldn't be allowed to sit and think 
Because I just came up with a theory. Okay. And I'll talk. I actually have two separate theories, one of them being real and then one of them just being a bullshit one that came to my brain. But it also could be a very logical theory. And I I hope they don't pull a swerve and go with that one at the very end. I have a, I, I have a very illogical, possibly might have, I don't know. I've got some vibes. I caught some vibes while watching that I'm like, they could turn this into something that it isn't right now. Mm-hmm. You see, I also have a thought on that. Yeah. But we'll we can talk about that at the end because I'm curious to see what you thought about it because they hint at certain little things throughout say, the show. Yeah, there are some hints dropped that I don't know if they if they dropped them just to be like, hey, we're gonna increase speculation on this, or if there's something amiss here that is like a big deal. And um yeah. And technically both of my theories tie into one another, but like I said, one of them is very highly illogical, but we'll We'll I'm curious. Get to that. I'm, I'm curious to see if we came to the same conclusion. I I think so as well. Mm-hmm. I I think we might have in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, we so may not I. be a hundred percent on the same page, but we're at least in the same book on this one. Because some of those hints were not subtle. No. Yeah. No, not because they kind of reference it in the first episode. Yeah. And then the hints just keep getting sprinkled in little by little. The last episode, there was a. They flat out, one of the characters flat out said something that had me being like, uh-huh, what? <laughs> Come again? Yeah. So, um, anyway, spoiler chicken out, Don. Let's jump into it. So we start off episode one, marriage. Nasa gets hit by a bus. He is in his third year of middle school. He's 16 years old. And uh, he meets uh, Tsukasa and they uh, d- d- separate after the accident they don't have any contact for like two years he doesn't three years he doesn't go to um high school and because he's hoping to meet her by like doing all these errand jobs and doesn't meet her until she all of a sudden shows up at his doorstep and they get married just how just how yeah this man skipped isekai altogether and went from nerd to married yeah Teach us your ways, Nasa-san. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, oh, I, I am not that kind of person. I'm just gonna, like, I know, I, uh, who is impulsive enough? I don't know, because here's the thing. Let's put ourselves in Nash's shoes. Mm-hmm. You just got hit by a bus. Somehow you escape being isekai because, you know, Truck-Coon has it out for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you escape being isekai you chase this person down for miles in the snow mm-hmm. where your legs are shattered, mm-hmm. you are broken, but you somehow manage with the adrenaline going to chase this person down. And you're like, hey, I want to see you again. Will you go out for like coffee with me? They're like, sure, but only if you marry me. What sort of person logically in their brain just goes like, fuck yeah. Like he was immediately just like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and he's even like, oh, this could be a scam. Oh well, I'm gonna risk it anyways. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, just sure, why not? Oh god, I can I can tell that he's not female. (laughs) Because if the roles were reversed, that's how you get murdered. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's dangerous for a guy to do it. But oh my god, he's 18 years old. Some random ass chick who he met once. Two years ago, while he was severely injured. Also, can we talk about that? Like, he's severely injured. But she's like, I'm going to call an ambulance. 
you sit here while I call an ambulance. And then she's planning on just walking off and he has to chase after her again. Like, first aid rules. Okay, stay with the injured person, please. But it kind of leads into my first theory because honestly, I kind of started to concoct my logical theory from episode one on. Mm -hmm. So it kind of started to hit me the second that they started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And with the title of the show and everything else, I kind of started to concoct this theory. So we'll talk about it at the end. However, I can I can see why she maybe didn't want to hang around. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you should probably look after the person that's potentially dying. Yeah. Because she even said, you could die from shock at any minute. What are you doing? Yeah, and blood loss. I mean, he turned into a freaking Pokemon with his plumage coming out of the top of his head with the amount of blood he was losing. Like, Yeah, because he was standing there talking to her. And not only that, but to the guy that was driving the truck that hit him. Yeah. While he's talking to both of them, you just see a plume of blood coming out of the top oh of his God. head. <laughs> but yet, I can we just talk about how NASA's just best boy for a minute? Oh, yeah. This man is the most kind-hearted soul. Like, it's Tanjiro levels of just so fucking oblivious and kind Ugh. and lovely and squish. <laughs> His dad is also. His dad is very much Squish, but he's also more introverted than NASA. Yeah, he's quiet Squish. You know, NASA is a perfect blend of his parents, (laughs) now that you think about it. Like, they plan that shit out perfectly whenever they wrote those characters. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hats off to the author for that. 100%. But yes, okay, if you see someone get hit by a bus, please put pressure on their wound. And wait there with them until an ambulance arrives. Do not leave them in the snow. Let's talk about how she took the brunt of the bus hit. Yeah. And yet she's just walking away like it's fine. But that's because of the theory. Yes, we we will get to that. (laughs) Okay, episode two. The first night. They're now married. They moved into his apartment. His apartment is tiny. It's a studio apartment. Doesn't even have like a full bathroom. Or, I mean, it's it's also, like, a, a very Japanese-style apartment, so, you know, public bathhouses, things like that, are much more accessible than, you know, in North America, for instance. So, like, even studio apartments in North America will pr- most likely have a bathroom set up within the building if there isn't one within the specific department. So it might be, like, a shared bathroom, but it's still, like, not, you won't have to go to a separate building, Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she's moving into his apartment. Um, also, when they got married, this is going back to the first episode, um, she had to have her parents' permission. Her parents just don't exist, as far as we're aware, currently, in this time period, because mm-hmm. Chitose, who is introduced later, says multiple times that she is the closest thing that Tsukasa has to a relative. How that parental slip that she... Huh? Hmm... just put it out there i don't i don't know just put it out there maybe explained later on i hope it's explained i need a second season like yesterday please (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so they are spending their first night together Uh, he realizes that he only has a very small single bed and they still don't know anything about each other they're complete strangers they got married on the second day that they met each other and um he's very respectful she is more at the beginning she's more confident than he is Mm -hmm. and uh and anyway so they go on an adventure to go get a futon for her to sleep on 
and they also figure out their names for each other, what they're going to call each other, so it's more like, you know, their honorifics are not so formal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, they go on many trips. To, I think they went on like three different trips to the store in one evening, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm too lazy for that. I'll sleep on the floor. <sighs> I can agree on that. Like, how the hell are you going to go for a futon trip and then a convenience store trip? And then also something else. I can't remember what the other something else was, but I'm like, oh my dear heavens, why can't you do it all at one time? Yeah. Who the hell forgets everything else? In one evening. And that was also the same day that they got married. So they had also just gone out to go file the contracts. Mm-hmm. And she had also just gone out to go and get her suitcase. So many trips. Yeah. how? Because it never fully explains what kind of area they live in. No, they're, so yeah, they're how... in Tokyo, but yeah, not like... Doesn't give you a, like a district or anything. Yeah, so I don't. How close are they to all this shit? I mean, obviously, it's a typical apartment above a convenience store, mm-hmm. which the convenience store is never used. Oddly enough, no, they always go to a different convenience store. And yet, she had to go to a convenience store to get herself a toothbrush and something else, like yeah. some overnight supplies. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, <laughs> they have way too much energy. There's no way I'd be able to do that. Agreed. Uh, perks of being young, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Those teenagers! Damn you, kids, get off my lawn! <laughs> uh. <laughs> Can we talk about how cute the first night was together uh. and how fucking restless Sukasa is? Oh, yeah, with her sleeping. So this chick. Like, she puts her hair up in, like, twin buns, like Sailor Moon-style softball buns, but she doesn't have the long hair hanging down. Which I will just say is incredibly uncomfortable to sleep in. Because you sleep on your side, you then, like, your head is angled in a weird way because the bun's, like, cricking your neck. Like, no, don't braid it. Just braid it. Just braid it. Or I don't think people give a shit about sleeping with their hair down and then potentially damaging their hair. Uh, you'd be surprised. I sleep with a silk pillow because it damages my hair less than a cotton one. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Has <laughs> important to a lot of people. Uh, just, uh, psh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let Janessa hear you say that. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide this episode from her ever being able to find it. She will murder you, just so you know that. It, it'll be fine. <laughs> she'll, I'm, I'm gonna let her experiment on my beard. It's fine. Oh, okay. She'll, she'll be happy. Okay, fair play then. But she will expect you to maintain it, though. I'd let my I let my pink hair fade out in two weeks. There's no fucking way I'm maintaining my beard. Nah, nah. She's giving you some some color lasting extra special shampoo and conditioner that you have to use. You're gonna be on a you get get 18 different kinds of beard oil and, and uh, color protection spray. You're gonna get heat protection, even though I doubt you blow dry your beard. But whatever. <laughs> like, uh, you know. I would almost bet money she would almost try to FaceTime me every day to try to make sure I'm actually keeping up with it. Just just because she knows I won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, heavens. Anyway. So, yeah, she fucking almost axe kicks our poor NASA. Like, falls all over the place. Her hair that she put up in those space buns just immediately falls down and then steals our poor man's covers. He's just freezing for the rest of the <laughs> night because the, uh, the thing about him, though, that just made me sit there and be like, you, you're big stupid, 
is that her covers from her futon are kicked to the bottom. Like, not on her. She's yeah. not touching them. She steals his covers, and he just lies there freezing rather than going and picking up her covers that she's not using <laughs> and using them for himself. He's just like, no, no, I'm just going to be cold now. And if this had been any other show, he would have had a cold from that. Oh my god, yeah. But no. No. <laughs> oh god. Episode three. <laughs> so episode three is called Sisters. And they go to the bathhouse because obviously they don't have a bathroom. Well, they have like a toilet. But they don't have like a shower or bath or, you know, washing area in their apartment. So they go to the bathhouse and Takasa ends up getting a little bit jealous because uh, the older sister of the two sisters who run the bathhouse has a bit of a crush on NASA. And it's just like her getting introduced to these two characters, a classmate and a kohai of NASA, and them establishing that he helped them when the bathhouse was going under because their dad left them. And he like helped them reestablish the bathhouse and make it make money again and be profitable for their family and everything. And it's just like building the kind of relationship between the two of them and introducing a couple more characters. So I'm guessing you cringed at the end of this episode. Oh yeah. Because whenever they just had a miscommunication on <laughs> what Tsukasa wanted. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, any time that NASA is in that bathhouse, I pretty much cringe. I don't understand why. No clue why. Especially not that one scene where he's standing butt naked and she's looking right at it. Oh, not even just looking right at it. Like the animators purposefully draw arrows from where the eyes are looking. Oh, yeah. And he is had been thinking about some not-so-innocent things right prior, and they make that very known. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But then also, like, you just gotta find humor in it, too, just from how she's just like, <laughs> every time. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens, she's just like, <laughs> Oh my god. She just will not give uh, him privacy. No, will not. But I guess it's like that, like, weird, because with him being there, they're the closest thing that he has to family. Mm-hmm. So she's like the hilarious little sister of the bunch. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, Kaname just, like, she just refused. Well, she gives them such good advice as well, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, him specifically, because, he, like, but, like, also advice that would be accurate for a lot of couples, but isn't also very accurate to Tsukasa. Mm-hmm. She's just giving good general advice, but for Tsukasa, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, like, with the with the rings, being like, oh, no, yeah, mm-hmm. well, she, of course she said that she didn't want a ring, because they're ridiculously expensive, and you're 18, you know, you don't have all of these funds, so she's not expecting you to buy anything. And he's like, well, no, she actually just, they're just not her thing. <laughs> but also, let's talk about how much money this man actually has. Oh, my has. God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. If you work solidly, like, all the time, constantly, with how I'm... Like, he had so many jobs for years since he left school. Well, I mean, for two years. Like, it was two years. And this man had amassed that amount of money. I guess if he never did... Well, I guess with his personality, it's possible. Because he did nothing but just work. I would assume it's from the tech help that he he does. That you get to kind of see more of in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, I assume it, that's where he gets the bulk of his money from. I would, I would assume so. Because he also has his convenience store job and everything else. <laughs> oh. But then also if he's taking a profit from the bathhouse, which it never is established. 
you, you know, it never is. And it's also is established that he pays for when he goes to the bathhouse. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he rich. Uh, yeah, very much so. And I like how, I like how everyone is so oblivious <laughs> to it. Yeah. But he's always like, yeah, I'll buy you whatever you want until we get to the later episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they go shopping. <laughs> Shopping the first time, not not the episode nine or ten shopping. That's a oh uh-huh. man! <laughs> I bet you cringed on that episode. Uh huh. Yeah, there are some. <laughs> yeah, when they went to Harajuku, that was. But honestly, that's that's a very accurate kind of episode. It is, though. and it, I did find that they did keep it all very sweet throughout. When we get to it, we can mm-hmm. go into it more. But I felt I found that they kept it very sweet. So that's kind of consistent throughout the show. Is like. It is kind of like stumbling across your first intimate relationship with a person and being like, I don't really know how this works. They don't really know how this works. We're trying to be respectful of each other. We're trying to make progress in our relationship. But like, uh, you know? (laughs) It's very awkward to sit back and watch. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're very sweet about it. So it kind of helps alleviate some of it. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, it's definitely awkward. But yeah, I just figured I'd ask if you cringed over that whole miscommunication. Yes, uh, absolutely. Because Sukasa's just like, I want to I wanna be called pretty. But yeah, because they had the conversation, or NASA had a conversation with Akana about how he needed to have a wedding, propose, and get rings. Because he never did any of those things. They just got a marriage certificate. Mm-hmm. And so they had this miscommunication because, again, Sukasa just wants to be called pretty. And Nasa's just like, oh, she's upset because she doesn't have a ring because they passed right by a wedding. And she's like, you you know, you could you could do this for me. He's like, I can't just yet. I can't commit to it. Just give me some time. And then just sprints off in the opposite direction. And she's like, is it really that hard to call me pretty? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm dying at this point. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Because as cringy as it is, it's also hilarious. Yeah, and she's not, like, really upset by it as well. Like, if she was really upset by it, then it would obviously be a lot harder to watch. But she's also like, that's just NASA. You know, he's he's a bit of a weirdo. Mm, like, it's just, it's just all perfectly summed up by, that's just NASA. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, into episode four. So this is where we introduce to Chitose, who is kind of like a honorary little sister to Tsukasa, and um, she kidnaps Nasa. They go on an adventure with Tsukasa coming to try and save Nasa because, like, Chitose doesn't really approve of their marriage. She didn't know that they were getting married. Then the... Is this... Yeah, this is the episode where the moon rock nearly breaks. Um, Yes. But this is also a hint, hint um, as to possible ridiculous idea that may not be so ridiculous. Um, how did she get her hands on a moon rock? Well, I mean, how she actually got her hands on a moon rock was actually explained, but why she wanted a moon yeah. rock is, that's just a theory. I get in the theory. There is the really cute in explanation of her knowing that his name was Nasa when she saved him, and then they couldn't be together for two years, so she asks for a moon rock to remind her of him. Which is really cute. Maybe? If they would have played that off, that would have been great. Right? Adorable, right? But instead it feeds into theories for later. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah. But honestly, that's adorable. That would be a much better story. Wouldn't it? Like if if they start 
or if like NASA starts to figure out the theory for later mm-hmm. and then she plays it off as that, that would be perfect. Yeah. But yeah, so then they escape through a secret tunnel and end up in a church and NASA ends up properly proposing to her um, rather than just like signing a piece of paper in this church and they have their first kiss. It was adorable. Very cute. Also, can we just take a moment and say that a certain someone close to us would be very jealous of those Photoshop skills? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Those are some mad skills. Those were some mad skills. Like in 30 seconds, he, oh my heavens. Honestly, honestly. (laughs) It's just the way that they managed to make whole angles that were not existing. Those angles were... And where did they get the rest of those photos and the faces and everything else? Like, excuse me? Yeah, no, not possible. But, you know. (laughs) You know what? It's fine, but also, what the fuck? Right. Um, so then we swiftly move into episode five called Rings, where they go on an adventure to pick out a TV because we discover that Tsukasa is freaking in love with movies very passionately. And uh, they go on an adventure to go pick out a TV and they start like setting up things around his apartment to make it more of their apartment, which is kind of really cute. And mm-hmm. they also then... Uh, NASA wants to go and get her an engagement ring and wedding bands, and uh, she's not really a big fan of having an engagement ring. She's like, it's just um, something that I would only wear on special occasions because it's kind of uncomfortable and obnoxious like to wear a big chunky ring around all the time. They're really expensive. I don't really see the point of like having one. But he was like, but I want to get wedding bands so we can remind each other of each other while we're not around each other. And bleh, sappy, gross. <laughs> And, and so they go on an adventure and they go pick out some wedding bands as well. And they're getting much more comfortable around each other. They're starting to like hold hands without being really like careful about it. They're just like grab each other's hands. And you can start to see like that natural progression of them just being more comfortable, like standing next to each other. Mm-hmm. Cute. And then also watching NASA's face explode at the cost of rings. <laughs> Just just one of those rings would wipe out his entire bank account whenever he looked at it. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> that just sounds really scary to me. Like, I fully get where Tsukasa is coming from. Because, like, could you imagine having, like, a bank account worth of money on your finger and just being like, okay, don't lose it. And then could you imagine how you would feel if you actually lost it? Oh, my God, no. Too much pressure. I'd have anxiety everywhere I went. It would be one of those things that you would never wear because you would just keep it in a safety deposit box all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a normal person thing. That is that is a one percenter kind of lifestyle. Oh, one, 100%. Because I'm just sitting there thinking, if I had access to that much money, of all the things I could spend it on, I would... Like, that's a condo. <laughs> like... Yeah, that's two cars. Yeah. That is collateral to actually build whatever kind of house that you Do you know how many acres of land you could buy for that out of here? Like, you could probably buy the entirety of Saskatchewan. (laughs) I could see it. Like. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's wild, man. Oh, God. Yeah, that's so much money. Couldn't do that. I could never do that. I feel like... I get my heart in my throat when I spend, like, $100 on a pair of jeans. Like, my God, no. Yeah, I just... Uh. Anyway. Yeah, back back to episode six. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 
news episode six um so nasa ends up telling his parents about their marriage because he completely forgot to tell them because they are thinking about moving into a larger apartment so that <laughs> from nasa's point of view so that they can get a double bed and share it um and from uh Sukasa's point of view she's not really too big into moving into a bigger space because she's quite happy where they are right now but here he quickly persuades her with the promise of um, a bigger TV and display shelves for her movies and manga and uh, <laughs> like more stuff. Um, I mean, but can you can you just sit back and appreciate like how he read her like a book? Oh yeah. <laughs> and then to get what he wanted out of that, he's like, "So listen, we can buy a projector so you can watch your movies on the wall. Yep, and also shelves." for your movies and manga to which at that point i was like soul uh -huh. you can marry me if you want to <laughs> uh, yeah um and uh and and a, a bathroom as well they're they're gonna look at getting a, a bathtub for his completely innocent ideas of them having a bath together <laughs> Anyway, so he ends up telling his parents because uh, he needs someone to be their, like, I don't know how they described it, but, like, their fallback person. So, like, if they can't pay rent. A guarantee. Guarantee, thank yeah. you. And, uh... Although you would think with NASA's rental history, like, that would be enough. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah. Because he's been renting consistently for two years. I guess it depends on, like, his credit score and his age. I don't know if they have, like, bylaws about age and stuff in Japan, like, have to be 19 or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But that man had a $15,000 credit limit on his card. Mm -hmm. So I don't think credit was a problem on that mm -hmm. one. That's true. But, um, yeah, so then they, they call his parents because they're like, hey, uh, looking at moving, so I need you to re-sign for this thing. And they're like, oh my god, you're married? What? Uh, and so they decide they are going to take a trip to um, Naga Prefecture, I think it is. Yes. Yeah, to go and visit them and also kind of have a little bit of a honeymoon whilst they go. But Chitose follows them because that's how plot lines work. Dun, dun, dun. Right. So episode seven, we are taking the trip. We're properly on there now. We, uh, they're like going on the buses and stuff like that and to get there because they don't take the Shinkansen. They go on buses, overnight bus. Um, they stop in Kyoto and that's when Chitose decides to... Uh, kind of step in, and they end up separating off so that um, Nasa and her go off kind of on a pretend date so that he can prove to her that he is, like, a good partner and we can be entertaining and, you know, treat... Anime tropes. <laughs> treat Tsukasa right. He manages to convince her, and it's like this declaration of love in a park kind of thing, very stereotypical, very tropey. Very embarrassing. Glad that Tsukasa wasn't secretly listening in the background like they have in some animes. But also, that, that lime udon. <laughs> oh my god, he had the lime udon. That was hilarious. It's like, it's so expected that it's unexpected. Because yeah. it tastes like udon, but they put lime on it. It's like I was expecting something else, but it's literally just limey udon. <laughs> Just some of the humor of this show was just so in your face that it was just 
Great. It makes me really curious to try it now, though. Because, like, I know that... Same. I really wanted to try it, too. Well, I know that, like, soba is, is quite often served cold, and you have that on hot days in the summer and stuff, but I've never heard of, like, a cold udon. Yeah, I haven't either. Especially a fresh one. Like, lime is such a fresh flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd try it just for shits and giggles. I, I would absolutely try it. It makes me so curious. And freaking. All of the melon bread in anime just makes me so curious. Yeah, I really want to try melon yeah. bread or like any sort of treat that you can just buy on the streets of Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to try it. Yeah, they have takoyaki a couple of times towards the end of this anime. And I'm like, oh my god, I want to try it. I was so pissed because I love takoyaki and it made me want takoyaki. Yeah. Like, takoyaki is one of my favorite favorite things to get anytime i go to a japanese restaurant that actually has it Mm -hmm. and you can definitely tell the difference between fresh takoyaki and like pre-made like pre-manufactured takoyaki Mm -hmm. and there's just nothing like fresh takoyaki it's ah it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. i love it and it made me want it so bad like my mouth was watering on the episode where they made their own because i really want to learn how to make it yeah yeah and they had those freaking little like the trays for it I wonder if you could use a cake pop tray. It's too big. Mm. Because takoyaki is typically the size of a golf ball. I feel like cake pops are around that size. I feel like it might just be a little bit too big. Mm. Maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. Maybe it's just that American cake pop, cake pop trays are, like, big. <laughs> what, what? What? American food you, portions you... are, like, a portion and a half. You can't even deny what? that. They're so big. It, 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 excuse you? It's a fact. What, 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 it is a fact. What, what you what you what you trying to I'm say? I'm trying to say that American portions of food are ginormous, and it's so cheap. You go to America and you like go to IHOP or something, and you go to IHOP here in Canada, and you're getting two different sizes of meals. Yeah, and who's complaining? Not us, because <laughs> you know why you can't complain on a full stomach. You can complain on a half-ass empty stomach because you're not getting the same amount of food that you pay the same amount of money for. <laughs> you know what's funny? My brother, he prefers Wendy's burgers over, like, A&W or, like, other, other brands that you can get over here. But um, Wendy's doesn't carry a veggie burger, so we don't often go there because, of course, my mom and I are vegetarian. So if mm. we go out to fast food together, we don't often go there. But every now and again, like, he'll get one. And he'll comes in, he comes in and he's got, like... A giant soda. And I'm like, that is so big. And he's like, yeah, it's a regular. And I'm like, no, that's an extra large. He's like, no, it's a regular. And then he shows me his fries and they're like, huge. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, the, the regular fries. And I'm like, that is bigger than... Uh, like, A&W doesn't even do other sizes of fries. They only do a regular fry. And it's like two of them. <laughs> So, and that's not even our biggest portion of fries that you can get here, because we have a chain called Five Guys. I'm not sure if that's carried over into Canada or yeah, not. Yeah, there is one, but they're pretty dispersed out. And I'm not sure if their portion sizes always carry over, because sometimes chains, like, market differently, depending on the country. Okay, so their fry size is technically the same, because what they do is they take, like, a eight-ounce cup, and scoop fries into a bag. Mm-hmm. Well, a regular is just supposed to be a cup of fries in a brown paper sack. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you get that eight ounce cup 
and then half the bag filled up with fries. It's just the regular. And they are fresh fries. Like, they chop those bitches and make them fresh in-house. If you walk into one, they have just 50-pound bags of, like, American-grown Idaho potatoes just lining their fucking walls. And you can buy one of those 50-pound bags of potatoes if you want to buy one. Dude. I wonder if Five Guys in Canada does poutine. I don't know. Because I know, like, New York Fries does poutine over here. Huh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, McDonald's does poutine as well. Poutine is such, like, a common thing. Obviously, there's, like, it's nowhere near as good getting uh, a poutine. Or I think it's poutine if you're French. And it's it's a, a Quebecois creation. So it should be, like, poutine, I think. But I don't know. Don't mm-hmm. judge my French, please. <laughs> I'm going to say poutine because <laughs> that's how I... It was taught it here in Alberta. Okay, <laughs> please don't judge. Judge her harshly. Anyway. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but like, obviously, it's nowhere near as good as is if you go to like a small family-run place and you get it there. But like, chains do do it out here, and um, you'd be surprised how many American brands establish chain restaurants out here in Canada and then get bad reviews because they don't have a poutine on their menu. If I ever decide to open a business in Canada, I now know what I must you have. have to have a, you have to have poutine on the, on the menu. Yeah, it's a staple. Interesting. Gravy and cheese curds on them fries. I mean, who could have issues with having gravy and cheese on their fries, right? though? I mean, come on it's now. good. Why wouldn't you want to have that? Like, fuck that it's shit. It's so good. It's just like french fries and gravy. You have to have it. You love to it's see so it. so good. There's a... A drink in the UK that I'm really surprised isn't a bigger thing in North America. It's called Bovril. Mm-hmm. And it's something... What? Yeah, it's called Bovril. It's something that I always knew growing up to have when you go to a football game or a soccer game. Because it's basically a cup of gravy. <laughs> um, Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, not, not lying. It's basically... It's a savory, meaty, flavoured drink. It's basically gravy. It's freaking good, mate. It's so good. It's one of those things that you do have when you go to like a sports game or something because like you, if you had them every day, you get heart failure. But <laughs> but um, I'm so surprised that they're not a thing out here in North America because I'd like expect like, oh, it's a cold day. You're going to watch a hockey game or something. Have a Bovril, you know? Well, you see, here's the thing, okay? You say having one every day sounds like it's going to lead to heart failure. To me, that sounds like you lived a full and happy life. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's like, I don't know if you could like recreate it, if there's like a Bovril recipe or something online that you could use to try and remake it. Because like it, it comes prepackaged and that kind of stuff in the UK, it's pretty common. But um, I'm sure there must be some way for you to recreate it. So if I find like a recipe or something i'll send it your way and be like hey if you want to learn how to make a bob roll here you go please please do because i would like for this to become a thing yeah. honestly i could make a fortune selling that at ball yeah games. i i don't know why it's not such a big thing out in north america because because it's the perfect cold day drink when you don't have a sweet tooth i think it's because most of our cold day sports are indoor mm-hmm. sports like football or american yeah. football is going to be like, you get the cold days late season, mm-hmm. or baseball is going to be, like, early season. Yeah. But most of our winter sports are done indoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Because, like, my football, it progresses, it starts in, you know, autumn and then progresses through spring. So it's, like, a mm-hmm. winter sport. So quite often you're going to games when it's, like, wet and rainy and, like, frosty and 
Gross. Honestly, though, I would love to have a cup of gravy. <laughs> like, just molten hot gravy if I'm at a fucking soccer yeah. game in the middle of fucking winter. I would love that. But if you call it a cup of gravy, then it sounds weird to other people. You're like, oh, what are you drinking? A cup of gravy. And I was like, oh, why would you drink that? But if you say, oh, it's a bovril, it's a savory drink. People are like intrigued and they're not like, why are you drinking liquid salt? And you're like, because it tastes nice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't feel like most people would question you, though, because the first question they would ask is, where can I get one where of those? Where can I have one? Because I, too, should be drinking liquid salt. Right? Yeah. No, um, I, I'm going to have to see if I can find a recipe or something so I can send you to recreate one. Please do. Yeah. Okay, we went on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where were we? I've completely forgotten where we are. I'm just dreaming of gravy and also sending you a fucking automatic takoyaki maker. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. We'll swap recipes. You send me takoyaki, I'll send you gravy. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm in. Uh, episode 8, Parents. The parents are adorable, and Dad thanks her for saving NASA. So, that's basically it. It's like, they go introduce, parents are very freaked out, nervous, uh, it's very cute, though, and they bond. Episode 8 was just such a squishy episode. It's just episode. a squishy episode. And it's really relatable. Like, I think I don't think anybody who, uh, you know, has ever thought about or has introduced a person to their parents hasn't felt that kind of, like, uncomfortable uh, feeling, you know? Anxiety? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like pure anxiety. Like, anytime you have to bring a, you know, partner to meet your parents, it's all just weird. Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird from all sides, I think, especially considering that, like, NASA has very clearly not been interested in anyone other than Tsukasa since middle school, and prior to that, he was only interested on his education. And so this is the first time that he's ever brought someone home to his parents. It is, like, the one person that he's been crushing on for years, and I'm fairly certain his parents thought there was absolutely no chance that he had with her because he met her one time and then never saw her again, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they completely wrote it off. And then all of a sudden, they get a phone call that their son is married. And then they, the next day, they're like, or a day or two after, they're meeting her for the first time. And not only that, but it's the same woman that saved his life. Yeah. That, that would have to be a weird feeling as a parent. Like, if I had a child and they told me that shit, I'd be like, excuse me, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> like... Run that by me again? <laughs> so it was nice to see that the nerves were not just on the kid's side, but also on the parent's side. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like that's kind of the, it's kind of a trope in a sense, but it's an interesting take on a trope. Mm -hmm. Because typically the trope is the parents are like, what? You found someone to take your sorry ass? But instead it was one of those things of like the parents were just like, Oh my god, this person exists. Oh my god, we get to meet them. Oh my god, oh my god, oh mm -hmm. my god. Yeah, because it's either that or it's a, uh, um, you must prove yourself worthy of my child, like, mean kind of parent style. But we got that with Chitose, so mm -hmm. I feel like it would have been awkward to have Nasa's parents be the same yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, it was just a really nice uh, moment. And... More added on to the conspiracy theory with um, her being able to read an old romance letter from the father who is an archaeologist. Mm hmm So. Spooky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, episode nine, Daily Life. So while they're away, their flat burnt down 
and uh, they end up having to stay at the bathhouse because they have like a little extra house out back where their dad used to be to do all of his like experiments and stuff but since he left the house has just kind of been abandoned so they then kind of settle in there and and figure out what they're gonna do with moving and everything like that and they then also go clothes shopping and more intimate progress is being made between the couple. This, uh, it's such an awkward episode, but also if you've been in those situations, you kind of know and understand it a little mm -hmm. bit. Because I can go ahead and tell you, I have never been so fucking uncomfortable in my life as I've been whenever I've been with a partner and they've wanted to go, like, underwear shopping. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... It's so weird. Like, as a guy, you just feel so fucking out of place mm -hmm. being in those stores. It's just, I get it. Yeah, I, from a, a, a female perspective, I don't see the appeal of going shopping with a guy who's not going to be able to give you any assistance. Because, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like, I've only ever gone with girls, so I can't say that, like, I know <laughs> from experience what it's like to go shopping uh, for, like, intimate wear with a guy. Because, like, I, like, if I'm like, okay, how do you think this fits? It's gonna be like, well, I, I don't, I, huh? Uh, -uh. <laughs> it's like, I don't have those body parts, I can't tell you. Yeah, like, I don't understand what you mean by how it fits. I can visually tell you what I think. Yeah. And I I think the appeal is, you know, she or the female just wants to know, like, the partner's taste yeah. whenever it comes to that kind of stuff or what they would prefer. But at the same time, it's something that... Uh, I feel like you can establish that without have, having them there, though. I feel like that's one of those things that you could be like, okay, well, do you prefer, like, more, like, like pastel colors, more, like, girly, cutesy stuff, more, like typically like really sexy stuff like i feel like that's something you can establish outside of the store so neither of you are uncomfortable because i would be incredibly uncomfortable being in that area with a romantic interest and and being like excuse me while i because like also just saying not every pair of underwear that you buy is gonna be a cute pair of underwear some of them just have to be practical mm -hmm. yeah and it's one of those things to where and from a guy's perspective, it's really uncomfortable to have to be in there as well. So I don't know why two people would want to be uncomfortable at the same time. In fact, here's a thought. It's 2021. FaceTime or Discord face call or Snapchat call, whoever the fuck you're with from outside the store. So it's not awkward. Just be like, hey, do you like this? Yes. Cool. Yeah. I also feel like it's not exactly, I don't know. This is personal opinion. I don't know if it's necessarily polite to the other people in the store because that's your partner. So if you're comfortable with it and your partner's comfortable with it, that's one thing. But like, not everyone wants to be in a store with the opposite gender when they're buying intimate wear and then some like random dude's there, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't Agreed. know. Agreed. Especially if you're off trying something on and he's just by himself. Yeah. Like that would have to make the other people around feel uncomfortable. So I think this is 100% a relatable episode. Yeah. Most of the time things are like, around the corner and stuff so things are kind of more like hidden but i don't know it's it's just the culture that i feel like i but then again like i feel like the more that gender is kind of 
more of a fluid thing and, and people are experimenting with clothing, I feel like it's going to become less of an awkward situation. But I do know, especially for teenagers and probably older generations as well, this would be a kind of more uncomfortable thing because of like society's way of being. But yeah, for if I was if I was 16 years old like her and in a clothing store and there was some random dude sitting there and I was trying to like pick out intimate wear, I would be so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. And again, like as a guy, 25 year old guy, I'm just like anxiety. Yeah. Just thinking about mm -hmm. it. Like I don't. And I'm not the biggest shopper anyway. Like you and I have had the conversation about shopping. Yeah. And anytime I get drug in any sort of situation like that, I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. But then, I, I don't know, my the other side of my brain just goes, yeah, but it should just be more exposed and so everyone gets more comfortable with it because there's nothing wrong with hiding, like, intimate wear. But, like, half of my brain is also like, yeah, but awkward, though, you know? Oh, I, I agree. Like, I can see where the other half of your brain is coming from, too, because if you just kind of bring it into a norm, it's not going to be awkward anymore. But at the same time, it's still uh, awkward. Yeah. yeah, you just have to get over that. Hump, and then you get. There was a bad choice of words, yeah. but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Episode. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought about it till you said something. <laughs> it's because the word in my head was bridge. And then the word that came out of my mouth was hump. And then I was like, oh, God, no. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. I wouldn't have thought about it. But then you said something. And oh, my God. Oh, God. This episode 10. Episode, episode 10. 10 the way home. So they go and they get a message from their prior landlord, who also looks like a 13-year-old kid. Can we just talk about that? Uh, yeah. Excuse me? Like, I don't... The landlord is... Okay. None of that, but they were voice acted by someone that did not sound that old no. either. It didn't help. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that whole situation. Maybe we'll learn about it later. But, um, uh, <laughs> uh, they go and uh, they get a message from the landlord being like, hey, there's a model apartment of what we're getting, because we're rebuilding the apartment block. I've already, like, put your name on the list of, of you being able to get it. You'll have the same rent and you know like all of these facilities are going to be built when we redo this building so you're welcome back um this is a model like if you go to this other apartment building they have a a, a room that is going to be like what it is and so they go there and it's like this huge luxurious room and they obviously know like from the beginning this is not what we're going to be getting there must have been some kind of mix-up but while we're here we might as well check it out and so they go and they check out that apartment then they head home and they want curry and so they go out for curry powder which funnily enough i bought curry powder yesterday so that was really amusing to me because i made curry yesterday yeah because i i remember you telling me about that because we had talked about it yeah and then i was also disappointed because i didn't get pictures of curry you oh there is some leftover i could probably i mean it would be leftover curry but it wasn't anywhere near as curry as i wanted it to be though because i could only find mild curry powder who wants mild curry powder? That's no right? fun. Right? I'm so mad about it. So, but luckily, my mom found some regular curry powder today. So, hey, we now have both. If you ever want to spice it up a little bit, I have a little bottle of hot sauce out in the fridge. You're more than welcome to it. Just uh, handle that bottle with rubber gloves. Okay. And don't touch your face. Okay. Carolina Reapers, Ghost Peppers. I... What are we talking? How many Scovilles? Uh, six million per Ooh, drop. Fun. Real fun. Carolina Reapers sit between 2.1 and 3.5. 
So you you do the math. It's a whole lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I unpacked it from Clayton and put it in the fridge and some of the residual residue, I, I'd washed my hands five times at this point because I know what I touched, Mm -hmm. but I went and picked up my nose because I was streaming and I just had to scratch my nose. And so I scratched my nose and I was like, oh, ow, it's burning. Oh God. Why? Yeah. See, I have really weak fingertips because I had a, a type of eczema or eczema, I think you say. Mm-hmm. where the skin would flake off of my fingers. So it would just, like, mm-hmm. take the pads of my fingers down to where... Like, I didn't have um, fingerprints for, like, a good couple months because it's seasonal. It comes every, like, spring and autumn. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's weird, okay? Um, and and um, But I would have no skin on my fingertips. It would be very, like, deep red fingertips because, like, the skin would be so thin that all of the blood and stuff underneath would be really visible through my skin. Mm-hmm. Kind of gross, but um, I and because of that, like now I have really, really weak fingertips, and um, so whenever I'm dealing with anything mildly spicy, I'm talking just like a regular chili pepper. If I'm just cutting up a regular chili pepper, my fingertips will burn for days. Man, yeah. it's like my mouth is fine. <laughs> I might get hiccups, but like I'll be fine. My fingertips, however, are a whole <laughs> different story. Like I have to be careful eating like chips and salsa. It's not fun. Yes. Oh man. It's just my fingertips because of that. Never mind. You're not allowed to handle this all. <laughs> okay. But I, I didn't get it this autumn, so I think it's getting better, which is good. Hey, look yeah. at you go. That's I used awesome. to have to wear this, like, cream that would bleach everything. So I had to put white cotton gloves on every time I'd use it. And I could only use it, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, every couple of days. And, and then I'd have to put, like, this other, like, thick cream on my hands on the other days. It was it was a time. Sounds like a Go time. to bed looking like freaking, I don't know, a surgeon with gloves on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> anyway episode 11 they have a takoyaki party and they have a video game tournament video games create lifelong friends can we talk about how how they were playing street fighter yeah but also yeah video games do create lifelong friends because look at this yeah we Just should know look at what's happening right? here oh yeah we, we definitely mm-hmm. know 100 percent. but <laughs> the fact that nasa recreated the original controllers just casually. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but some of the consoles and stuff that were named during this. Mm-hmm. I feel like this would be an episode to also show to a certain friend of ours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a friend that would fangirl over this episode. Oh, 100%. Just because of how everything is name dropped and also they're a huge fan of fighters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send them this episode after this now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. Cool. And episode 12, Husbando and Waifu. I'm husband and wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can help it. Uh, (laughs) Nasa is getting bold, dude. He is, all that confidence has increased. Uh, Yeah, 100%. And I like how Tsukasa is getting more and more shy as it goes Mm -hmm. along, too. But yeah, this this boy got real bold. Yeah, he got real bold. And then he ends up getting sick as well. And they go to a summer festival. And takoyaki twice in two episodes. And yukatas and hanabi and and goldfish and But not catching goldfish. Not catching goldfish. I really want to try it. I don't know how that works with like the net being so thin and so weak that like the gold is to try and pick them up. I don't know. It makes me so curious. I wanna try. Uh, yeah, I'd like to try too. 
But I like how Tsukasa was just like, I can catch all of the goldfish. And NASA's like, oh yeah? Just, I'll, I'll try. And then he like zones yeah, in The freaking animation of like the fish being like, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> I thought we were about to see some like demon slayer oh, shit. Oh god, yeah. Of, like he somehow manages to catch all of the fish in one scoop. But no, the fish just darts straight through the net. And I was like, oh, snap. I feel like the <laughs> technique would be to approach from underneath. But I have no clue. Either that or from behind. That way their momentum doesn't carry them through the net. Yeah. But I have no clue, dude. I don't either. And I like, if the net is super papery, maybe keeping it in the water for a long period of time will just disintegrate it. So you have to be quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he was also quick and you saw what happened. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I want to try it. Yeah, I want to try it too. I want to go to a Japanese festival. Yeah, me too. Really, really bad. I really want to go to Japan two different times. Spring and then fall. I tried to go in spring and then I tried to go again in fall and neither of them happened because COVID. Except it was summer Oh yeah, fall. Janessa and I also talked about that yeah. today. Because since she just finished up Demon Slayer, she was listening to our episode on the podcast. And we had talked about that. And she's like, oh no, that aged like milk. And I was like, yeah, I know. Right? But don't worry, we'll get our chances eventually. Yeah. Who knows, we might be able to do it together, so that way, fucking B&B anime live from Japan. Yeah, we'll have to kidnap Janessa as well, because I was going out there to meet her, so kidnap her. Yeah, let's kidnap her too, why not? Actually, she knows more Japanese than both of us, she can be a guide. Well, if we really need a real guide, then I can also kidnap Yurika, my cousin, and uh, yeah, yeah. we'll go there. I would kidnap her older sister, but she's a doctor and doing like biology stuff in science worlds and um i mean not that yurika doesn't have her own life but like i feel like i can it's more acceptable to kidnap her yeah <laughs> yeah 100 first thing that needs to be brought up that op it's such a uop as soon as i had it i was like yeah this is brad's i told you from the time because i started watching the show week to week like as it was released mm. And I remember telling you whenever I watched the first episode, oh my god, this OP is so good, but it's so unique. I'd never heard anything like mm-hmm. it. I think it it is, it's got like those 2010 kind of vibes to it, but also in a very like modern way. But it's also classical in a way mm. too. Like it blends a lot of lines seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And the visuals are quite unique. But I loved it. it. Oh yeah, I really like how everything was just paced well to the mm-hmm. beat and everything. And it was... It was a good time. I really enjoyed Mm it. Uh, ED, not so much from a music perspective, but the visuals were nice. That was adorable. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to hear about your conspiracy theories. So, Tsukasa is Princess Kaguya. Oh, okay, yeah. I hadn't made that connection, but yeah. Yeah, that is is my conspiracy. Uh, Because, yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. So that's why she was injured, but she wasn't, like, too injured whenever she almost got isekai'd. And that refers to the beginning episode where he calls her that and he refers to that story and that's why she fell in love with him. Yes. And also why she needed a moon rock because it reminded her of the moon. Yes. And how she was, like how she's able to recall 1400 year old history like it's nothing. Yeah, see I was with you, I just hadn't made the connection to her because I was like she's an alien. (laughs) But I was like I know that's wrong. (laughs) I was like I know that's wrong. But I was like she is like... She can't get injured. She can't get sick. Well, like, she can't get injured, but, like, she doesn't feel injury the same way that we do, right? She never gets sick. She remembers all of the history. She's not really interested in history. She, like, lived through all of these old, like, things that clearly she did. She's able to read, like, old letters. Like, there's so many hints for that, but that makes so much sense. And 
it makes me curious as to whether or not he is a reincarnation of her prince then because that's why he is so smart and what who was it that said that he was a reincarnation of a smart person it was kana right kana said that she thought that he was a reincarnation of a smart person yeah so yeah they're reincarnations of each other and she came to earth to find him again Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was my good theory. You're so much smarter <laughs> than me because the, I forgot about that beginning bit. But I knew that like there was, I was like, she's a robot, she's an alien. There's something going on here. But that makes sense. I wouldn't say I'm smarter than you. That's that's definitely an overstatement. We know who the brains and heart and soul of this operation mm. is, anyway. But so useless theory, or also kind of sad useless theory. I don't know. Anyway, so. NASA actually got isekai'd, and this is his fantasy. Yeah, movie. I did half think that he was still in a coma from, like, the accident. Yeah, because... But, I mean, after I saw that there's 14 volumes of this shit, I highly doubt it. Yeah. Or it was, like, the theory of Harry was actually dreaming everything that happened in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. That's really sad, though, uh, that that particular theory, because of, uh, like, that he mm-hmm. he dreams it as escapism because his family's abusive. Like that's mm-hmm. so I had I had thought about that. However, I saw a TikTok that gave me a good Harry Potter theory. Okay. So the Dursleys were abusive to Harry because Harry was a Horcrux. And so those that actually possess a Horcrux are affected by it. And so that's why they treat him poorly. Oh yeah. So that's a thought. No, I think they were just dicks. <laughs> well, no, because they weren't dicks to anyone. No, because Petunia was, was a dick to um Lily growing up. Yeah, but I mean, that's just jealousy. I don't know why they would actually take it out on Harry. I don't know. Or why Vernon and Dudley would actually be that way. Well, Dudley would be because he was raised in an environment where they were picking on Harry. And so, you know, kids do what their parents tell them. But because towards the end, he kind of got a redemption arc. Yeah. But again, they possessed Harry. Make sense? Kind of, yeah. But again, that's just a theory. But yeah, that was kind of my other theory is NASA was either actually isekai'd. And then that was his, like, reincarnation was actually getting to see her because that was the last thing that he saw. Or maybe even potentially a coma situation. I don't know. But, yeah, that was my main theory is she is actually Princess Kaguya that has come back and now she's living life and, like, finding love and all that other stuff. Yeah. Because that really does explain why she married him. Because that is the big... Oh my god, I thought I just knocked over my coffee, but I didn't. It didn't even it didn't even wobble. It didn't even do anything. I just panicked for no reason. That's fun. Um Oh god. Um yeah, it does really answer that question though, because she never really answers it like straight. Because he's like, Why mm-hmm. did you marry me? And she's like, Oh, well, why wouldn't I marry someone that I love? And it's like, well, you haven't given him a reason as to why you love him yet. Mm-hmm. And she like slowly starts to give more reasons of like why she fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't explain why the first time she met him, she's like, yeah, I'll go out with you if you marry me. Yeah. Like, I need reasons for that. Like, why the fuck would you just look at, unless she knew that he was the reincarnated version of the man that she fell in love with on her time with Earth. Mm -hmm. But that's the only thing that I could potentially think of. Yeah. And that's why he also had that, like, relation to her, like, when he saw her putting on that cape. Yeah, and also why he was, like, immediately drawn to her. Yeah, and why he wasted two years of his life trying to find her mm-hmm. for a girl that he met one time. Like It was like a your name situation. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely something more drawing to them, or drawing them together, mm-hmm. or he is a little bit possessive and obsessive and and a bit stalkerish and, and kind of really very creepy. 
Yeah. But let's let's go with the first one. Let's we don't go. need to ruin NASA. <laughs> we don't need, we don't need to ruin poor NASA. No. Because, oh my god, that's creepy otherwise. <laughs> yeah, this the whole story takes a fucking turn. That's, that This turns into a horror story stalker situation like we have yeah, now. This, this anime goes from a nine to like a six. Oh yeah, that we, yeah. If not even worse, like, oh my god. That's terrifying. You could quickly turn this into a horror, a horror series. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to carry on with that thought because no. I'm like, oh my god, that would be an anime though. Let's go back to this is cute. Okay? <laughs> but it is adorable. And yeah, I, I do give it a nine yeah. just because it's right up my alley. It's not perfect by any means, but holy shit, is it good? It was a really good watch, in my opinion. I'm going to give it a solid, yeah, I'm going to give it a solid seven. I think it's just really not my genre. So it does have a huge, like, personal opinion comes into effect with this. But I thought it was really cute. I'm probably not going to rewatch it, but I know friends that are romantic types that would really get a kick out of this. And so it is definitely one that I do feel comfortable recommending to other people if this is like their kind of thing to watch. It's just not my kind of thing to watch, you know? So do you want to watch a second season whenever we inevitably get it? Yeah, because I'm really curious <laughs> about these theories. So like, the, I feel like that, if they keep going with that, is going to be a really good twist on a kind of more classic romantic style i think the comedy throughout it is decent i think there's a lot of good laughs there is some cringeworthy stuff i did skip some stuff um uh, but like i don't feel like it's i'm gonna throw up in a bucket cringe so i give it a pass this is such a blast part of the week mm -hmm. like i look forward to sitting down and recording mm -hmm. me too i do too should we wrap this bitch up yeah let's do it let's get over the squish already yeah so, you can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender on Twitch. She does not stream right now because she is on hiatus, but you can drop her a follow and turn on those notifications to where if she ever does decide to go back. Mm -hmm. There you go. She is, however, on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. Now, she is starting to post a lot more on Instagram, so mm -hmm. if you like artsy things from all of her art updates that she's been working on, go check her out over there. Yeah. Also, she has an adorable Instagram of her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean. That is adorable doggo photos. So if you like dogs and you like the best bean in the world, go follow that as well. Mm-hmm. And if you like Brad, who has joined me here today and all other days that we've done this podcast, you can find him over on the Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming. He also is a Twitch streamer who streams very regularly. And he uh, does the gaming and the comedies and the voices and it's a fun time, so go drop him a follow over on Twitch at Broadcutter Gaming as well. He's consistent with the name throughout all of his platforms, so if you're trying to find him, it's where he is. And he also runs the Instagram and Twitter for our podcast here at BNB Anime. We're at BNB Anime on all of our socials, so go blah, 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 go ahead and drop us a follow on those if you want to know about updates, some fun memes, stuff like that. It's all on the socials. We also have a YouTube channel where we post all of our previously archived episodes. And uh, there's a fancy comment section there. <laughs> fancy comment section, not just a regular comment section. Ours is fancy because it looks the exact same as everybody else's. But um, you can <laughs> you can go and answer any questions that we ask throughout the episodes. Like today, we're asking what your favorite, what your anime is that you kind of discovered on a whim and you really, really enjoy. So go and let us know what that is down in the comment section or on the social medias. We'd love to hear from you. We also have a website, www.bnbanime.com, where we have, uh, like, 
it's actually been updated recently as well, so we've got some fun stuff on there, we've got some art stuff, we've got um, uh, some information about us, some more voice acting projects, I think we've even got links to our IMDB pages on there as well, because both Brad and I yeah, are voice actors. Yeah, those just got updated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so those we're that's got all of our voice acting projects and stuff on our IMDb pages as well. So you can go and check all of those out. And some new of some of the projects that we've been working on are actually getting released pretty soon here. And so um, yeah, some exciting stuff that's that's coming up for the pair of us. And uh, I think that's everything. Cool. Yeah. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, swimming plot is back. <laughs> With Free, Season 2. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. I enjoyed Free. Mm -hmm. It was so much better than Dive. Mm -hmm. Fuck Dive. (laughs) (laughs) And Free, I think it's it's one that grows. I think it gets better as the seasons go on. That I'm I'm really looking forward to it then. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun time. I really enjoyed the first season, so I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to it. Yeah. But outside of that, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.